honeysuckle. But I sneezed, so all I got was a big blur of a photograph and a bruised eye where I clonked into the camera. But there's something triple chocolate cheesecake good about hanging there with my camera ready. The I'm gonna get it today tension of waiting for just the right shot that can't be beat. Not with skateboarding or tree climbing or any of the other kooky kid things my classmates are always going on about. I'll take a camera and a roost on a good rock any day. And the gotcha moment makes it worth the leg-cramping wait. After two weeks at my flower post, I snapped the shot just as the purple hair streak opened its wings, a flutter above a yellow rose, and I knew I'd caught a miracle right by the antennae. You couldn't buy that with a zillion dollars or a truckload of blue ribbons. And I even got my picture in the paper for all that hard work. Actually, the whole family is in the picture. Me in the middle with my picture held up. Mem and Pep on either side. Squeezing me for pride's sake. So what if it was only half the size of Galen's? And on the fourth page of the family section. This year I'd take a picture no silly computer could touch. They'd pin that pretty blue ribbon on there, and we'd have a nice big picture on page one. That was the plan, until Mem and Pep came up to my room in the attic, looking all, we've got something to tell you and you're not gonna like it. Didn't matter if I had a summer full of plans. Sure, I wanted to get a shot not even Galen Parker could beat. But I also had some great ideas for summer upgrades on my tree fort in the backyard. And my best friend Hillary and I planned to start our Get With The Land project for Girl Scouts in the state park by mapping all the walking trails complete with nature guide signs along the way. I even saved up my allowance to buy a compass. I had my whole summer set for a great adventure, but no. Mem and Pep had other plans that washed all of mine away. They plopped down at the end of my bed, knee to knee, knuckle to knuckle, as they cranked up the smiles. What? I asked, not wanting to know. They put on their fake chipper voices. Then Mem said, We have a plan. Pep must have seen the bury me now look on my face, because he said, An opportunity, really. We've rented a cabin for the summer. No way would they pull me in with their little bait. I'd just wait for the hook, the hard Barbie piece of the news I couldn't swallow. And Pep couldn't say it. That spelled bad news to me. I gripped the seat of my chair. Mem leaned forward and whispered, It's on a lake. Pep jumped in with, A magical lake with silkies in it. A lake? felt like they'd sucked all the air out of my lungs with straws. I couldn't live on a lake. I'd rather be chopped up and fed to lions. Live in the middle of a desert in a tin shed. Spend the summer on a frozen tundra ice floe with a parka and a pick. But not near water. Please, no water. Water. Water scared me, freaked me out so much I couldn't walk through a rain puddle. My bones locked up, my muscles shrank. I turned to stone. The whole world went blue. 
water scared me that much, and Mem and Pep wanted me to live by a lake for the summer. A magic lake, they said, filled with silkies. The seal folk who take on human form when they leave the water. I didn't care if the lake itself could fly. I didn't want to live on a lake. I didn't want to live near a lake. I didn't want to even see a picture of a lake. Moving from the bed to kneel next to me, Pep said, You don't have to get in the lake, Kenna. You won't even be able to see the water from the house. It's a tie up on the shore, nice and dry. But I'll know the water's there, Pep. I'll hear it, I said, diving on the bed to roll up in my quilt. Kissing me through the quilt, Mem said, You can't let your fears grow bigger than you, Kenna. They'll swallow you up. My fear of water was as big as a lake, and I'd drown in it.